welcome to the Beehive. On this episode today, guys, we got the brains of Wasley here. We did it. He's been hyped up constantly on every episode so far. We got Rafael Martini. How are you, bro? Bro, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's because this, this is forever, bro. You're doing something good right now. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for that. I wanted to get you on because a big thing in our group of friends in the last episode and everybody so far, it's Wasley. That was probably a thing that our group started that. It was like a catalyst. Yeah. You know? It just started to, it showed people that you can really do something. Yeah. Different, whatever you want to do necessarily. Yeah. Is it fair to say that you were the brains behind Wasley yeah. on the marketing? Yes. Yes. That side? Yes. My thing is like for everybody that always does something that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea for Wasley? Honestly, I never like knew about business like before I started Wasley. Like the only the the thing that affected me in the sense of like, oh, maybe I should do a clothing thing was because I had um my friend Ikaro, right? And he had some friends that had just started a clothing brand at the time. This is when I was this is 2016. And I was th like just finishing high school. Like this is like around graduation time. And um, he told me how they started a clothing brand. It was called Hush Market. And that was how did that do? Was that that big? was good? They did good, but they just didn't continue doing it. They just did like a one one time thing. But that was the first time I was shown that like people our age can do something like that. Can and create I, something bigger yeah, than what we think. Yeah, can basically make something from your head into existence. You know, because you know when we're brought up, when we're kids and everything, we're just consumers. We're just you know taking in whatever we got to go like whatever we got to get like you know yeah and, and this is the thing like a lot of people i think they don't understand but wasley because people are going to listen to this from everywhere yeah, right yeah wasley got pretty big where we're from yeah like everybody had something yeah. from wasley exactly um locally um definitely in like uh broward and broward county yeah and uh boca People knew about Wasley, you know, even if it was indirectly, like they seen someone wearing it. You know, if you go to town center at the time, you would definitely see someone wearing a Wasley shirt or something like that. But um, it started through, you know, the high schools, the high school. Yeah. I remember one time you guys had like a thousand stickers Yeah. and you guys were able, like those, those shits went fast. Yeah, it went fast. I remember because I went up because that was the marketing scheme. Yeah. It was because we would use the stickers because we still like. I, w I just had just started college, but um, I had friends, a lot of my friends in my friend group that were still in high school, and so yeah, you hang out with jits pretty much. For, no, but we we're all fa we're all family. It's different, you know. It's not like you don't think your cousins are jits, you know. So it's like we're all pretty much family. But um, basically, what happened was uh, I would give them out these stickers, and they would give out these stickers for free. I never charged for stickers. Okay. And what happened was I used these stickers as like a a low level of investment like people would take them oh, okay cool and they'd just uh be a little like flashy thing where if people put it on their binder or whatever and people still have it to this day oh yeah oh yeah behind i, I want to know behind the scenes right yeah. when you just started and you were like okay I'll, i got a couple friends right because that's how whenever you start uh especially a clothing business yeah it starts through your friends how did you expect to go with the marketing site to get it bigger the way you did it look in the beginning, I didn't know if it was going to do well, right? So um, before even a, a collection where I had a website, I had made these two sh two shirts, 
And actually, one of them I never even released because once I got you it, still have it. Yeah, it's all in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered because I had ordered basically fifty shirts, twenty-five of one shirt and twenty-five of another shirt, right? Different sizes, whatever. And was this on Unknown Love or before? No, this is before Unknown Love. Okay, okay. And for the everybody listening, yeah. Unknown Love went big. Yeah, well, Unknown Love was like the first official release. Official, okay. okay. This collection that I had made had just a little logo on the chest, uh, and then I had another one that had Wazley written on the chest and like a, a different logo on the back. But that one I never released. You never released it because I thought it, it was, was bad. Uh, I thought it was bad. I th and honestly, if you look at it today, it's not that bad. It was actually all right. But you know, back then you ha you got to think. Nobody knew Wazley. Nobody. Okay? Nobody knew what that, that's a random ass word, like made up word, you know, as a, uh, I made it as a brand name. So were you scared about starting it? Because first no. you bought 50, you, you weren't scared at all. No, you because I didn't, I didn't think that far ahead. You like didn't that. think far ahead. So I never uh, put that pressure of like, oh, this has to be big. This has to be whatever, you know, like this has to work. You never, thought never, like never. That. I just, I you know when I started out, I did it as a test. Like I just. Made 25 shirts and uh, wanted to see how people would react. How much did you sell those 25 shirts for? Okay, those 25 shirts I sold for $15. $15. And did they also, like, did you sell yeah, all of yeah. them? Yeah, um, Actually, how I was doing it is um, I was still going to church at the time. And um, I basically uh, was... Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Full-blown atheist now. No, but... Um, <laughs> No, but back then I was going to church and um, uh, basically though on Sunday or whatever, I brought the shirts and that people would be hyping it up because you remember, you got to think like it's a small little bubble. And so if one person starts hyping it up, everyone else starts getting note of it. You know, Did that hype was like, OK, maybe this is going to work and made you start. Thinking. Exactly. As soon as I saw that people were interested because I didn't know how people were going to react. I never made anything before. I didn't have anything. So. I just did that to see how are people going to react. I didn't have expectations um, on how I was going to do. So when I saw that people liked it, that's when I was like, okay, then we got something. Yeah, I we could got do something. something. I could do something, you know. And um, I sold them. And then after I sold the first 25 shirts, I made them in pastel pink and yellow. Um, there's actually no pictures of it on the website or on Instagram. But and what's it's the website? Wazleyworld.com. I love it how he sounded way better when he had to say that. <laughs> WalsleyWorld.com. Hey man, but my thing is right. So you made these shirts. You pretty much just went to church, sold them, right? Yeah, but I got a pro tip. I got a pro tip. Oh, what's the pro tip? All right, basically, if you wanna, you know, because you gotta put up an investment at first. You know, when you're starting, how something, much did it cost? I think total. Remember, fifty shirts. I think I had spent like between three to five hundred dollars. Because I don't remember the exact price, but it was between three to five hundred dollars for all of them. But pro tip, when you're starting out with something like shirts or whatever, you can always do the pre-order route. And that's what I started doing after I sold those first 25 shirts. At church, I basically started getting pre-orders because people wanted them still, right? I had sold them out, but people wanted, so I started getting names, list of names. You don't have to pay me money yet, but just the names of like, oh, you're interested, you know? And so I did a little pre-order list before, uh, after that first... Um, after the first drop, yeah, you made after a that first, I made a pre-order list. And then I always ordered like a little bit extra in case people that didn't pre-order want it now. And that's how I was able to sell a little bit more of that design, you know. So making a pre-order list is a good way to like make sure you're gauging how many shirts you got to get. Because that's a big thing people don't know is how, ma how many am I going to order for this first one, you know. 
No, no, yeah. and that makes sense because you're not gonna be wasting as much exactly. either. Exactly. And especially when you're starting with a low budget. Exactly. That really matters there. Yeah. How did that jump happen though? So you had the first one, right? Had the first one. Went good, right? Yeah. Back of your mind, you're like, now you're thinking like, I should go forward with this. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, that first design I actually made on the free trial of um, Adobe uh, oh, Illustrator. Damn man. Seven days, seven day trial. So this really was like a starting from nothing. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make something up. Yep. No money. Yep. Just and, finesse. And you weren't sc- <laughs> no, just finesse. You weren't finessing because like people loved it. You yeah. were selling yeah. something like that I wouldn't wear. Yeah. My thing is. You weren't scared throughout this? Cause no. I think about me. And I, didn't I, put, I didn't put expectation. You know, the fear comes from expectation, expectation. of you wanting an outcome. And you can't control. But after the, the I, first one. I still, even today, I can't control how people are going to react to something I make. So, you know, our purpose when you're making something is just to make it. Okay. How people take it is on them. You can't necessarily control that. But, so... You did the first one. Yeah. yeah. Now it's time to do Unknown Love, right? Yeah. Unknown Love was more of like an inspiration, you know, because I had just broken up. Okay. And, um, Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No, yeah. You know how hurt you must have been to make a shirt? It, this, is a, this is a big part of my life, you know, uh, that, that time period. Because I had dated this girl for three years. Oh, three years. Yeah. And, so this um, was supposed to be the one on your mind back then. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it this had man a, was hurt. Yeah. This man no. woke up and said, like, I'm going to make a shirt about <laughs> no. this bitch now. <laughs> no, but it just had a big impact in my life. And um, at that time, I was um, I was completely different than I am today. You know, I, I was kind of alone. Um, like, I had just started hanging out with, like, my current friend group, right? Okay. The Cavalus. But, um, you know, I was still alone because um, it was, like, a more of a transition period from, you know, the relationship already wasn't doing that good towards the end. And, um... Uh, I just didn't have that sort of intimate, you know, relationship with people like, like I you was have craving. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, I basically had a lot of thoughts and a lot of um, emotions and I just, you know, started throwing things down and I wanted to use that theme of like unknown love, which is the collection's name because uh, it was kind of like the inspiration for it all, you know, because it was like uh, we couldn't ever because you know the the whole thing behind it was that i wasn't going to be able to ever be in a relationship with her regardless like regardless. it was never going to be meant to be and so that's why i called it unknown oh, no. love dude yeah. you know it's crazy that's when we met yeah that's when we met we met after it dropped after it dropped yeah and the thing is when it dropped so i met my current girlfriend around that time right yeah unknown love was huge yeah unknown love was <laughs> I, the thing is, like, since yeah. it's not worldwide, a lot of people are like, oh, you no, guys yeah. just locally, 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 just between the people that we know and, you know, the people that the affiliated people, you know, that's people knew about it. People it wasn't kn- like it was a, uh, just a random thing that someone's doing that nobody cares. about. Did you yeah. make profit on the pre one on the pre test? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So did you use all that profit for unknown love? Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. But yeah. unknown love was bigger scale because uh, how many for, shirts? A uh, hundred, but not in that sense, because. For the pre-drop, I didn't have anything. I didn't have even a website. It was all in-person sales. I didn't have uh, like a structure, you know. It was just seeing how it would work out. But for Unknown Love, I had actually, you know, set up my website on Shopify 
for people that you know want to start doing their thing shopify is really good um i did my thing on shopify um i bought the domain name really cheap i was surprised it's 20 dollars, right something like that less 15 i pay eight dollars like a year for my domain Do you still have it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a lease pretty much you yeah. know you get it you got to pay recurring every but, um, year yeah every year but really cheap there's people that pay thousands of dollars for a website name but um yeah i set up a website um we did a photo shoot i didn't do a photo shoot for that pre so this was like the first legit drop like th this is the thing like you took it to scale now yeah like, yeah this worked yeah let's really yeah because i think like whenever we start something in life at first we don't think it's gonna be big right it you don't but you don't put that expectations on it yeah but once you saw that like maybe we got something here and you went okay i'm gonna take it to the next level that was unknown love yeah i remember dude i had a fake chain that i said was <laughs> real and i, I gave it to I you know. guys look the night that i met enrique bro it was basically uh, a fight night. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, and he had this chain. Uh, it was fire. Yeah. It was a nice-ass chain. And he gave it to me. I had just met this man, and he gave me the chain. And then um, I was happy as fuck. And then <laughs> I wore that shit for a while. And then um, I passed it down to BB. Which BB is the one that was the other part of Wasley. Yes. BB plays a big role in a lot of Wasley's decisions. Yeah. Okay. The first design you made for Unknown Love. Yeah, for Unknown Love. Because that one, um, it was more, you know, just still figuring things out. But just I knew I wanted to take things uh, more serious. Now. After Unknown Love, what came? After Unknown Love, it was um, Isolation. Isolation. Yeah. How did that one do? Isolation was actually the most sold. Because. You know, it's fun. I love Unknown Love. That yes, was my favorite. But that's the thing. Unknown Love brought in the hype at the time and then that momentum when isolation dropped now people knew you know because before front on love it was just discovering people didn't know what wasley was because i want to know about the marketing side that you yeah, use yeah so from unknown love to isolation what did you use to market so people have more okay. eyes now essentially you know that same theory of making a bubble is what we kind of use you know and we used it in the sense of we always made stickers for every collection and then those stickers, we always give it out for free. And why we did that is so that people could just get a little, you know, a little treat. Like, oh, here, this is something on me. Instead of giving out free shirts, here's a little sticker. Okay, okay. And then basically that you that was used as um, social proof because randoms would see the stickers around. And ask about it. And, and just be aware, you know, not necessarily that they're ready to purchase or even find out more about it, but they're aware it's not like a random thing that they're seeing anymore it's just like uh it's something that's there and then eventually you know after you start selling to your friends and um, people start wearing the shirt the people start associating like okay what is this you know why well, what's are, going on yeah with this why shit right now? why are people wearing this and then that's what creates that momentum where random people will start buying but this yeah that's you remember what, that first fucking sale that you did my first sale was at was with the pre at the church, yeah, okay. that, yeah. But I my sale I was never really like a, a main seller. Okay, so for that I had my boy David Alves. That really? man is so the shit out of your shit. Legend, legend seller. The, the thing is, like, uh, with anything in life, I think around the time Wasley 
was coming up, ripped it was really big, right? Yeah, a lot of these brands. Uh, it was 2016, 2017 era. You got to remember that was a big time period for creativity. Yeah, that was a big. And I remember that in the back of my mind, it's like all we need is one to pop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unknown love sold out. Right. As yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah. You didn't give me a shirt. I'm still kind of <laughs> salty about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of salty about it. But now isolation came. Yeah. And you said that one did the best. Yes. What was the difference? The momentum. The momentum. Because what happened was with Unknown Love, people didn't know. But now they are aware. Now it's more than just like a random brand. People know that people are buying it. And so when Isolation came out, now people have a desire for it. You know, it's like it's kind of creating like a sauce. You know, people don't know what the sauce tastes like. They don't, they're not going to have a desire for it. But now that they know about the sauce, they, they, they want to try it. Yeah, they, How many desire, shirts yeah. did you make for that? For that one... Um, there was actually a funny story because they messed up the the print shop messed up the order for for <laughs> isolation, but one of the shirts, the white one, it wasn't messed up too bad, but it was still messed up, and so I told them, like, no, this isn't okay. Like they gotta remake it. <laughs> they so, tried to finesse the system. Yeah, so they made, uh, I forgot how many more, but basically the same order twice. Okay, so I had double the shirt just of the white. Just of the white, because the uh, the other one they messed up as well. But it was such Too a much. bad mess up. I can't. E I don't even want it to ever leak of how bad they messed it up. They, they fucked your shit up. Yeah, and just like your hairline. Okay, no, but <laughs> 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 hey, man. But um, basically, uh, I had double the shirts, and now basically it's like as if I got it for half off, and so okay. the profit margins were bigger, and I had double the supply. So to meet the demand. And did that yeah. also out too, right? That one actually didn't sell out, but close. I still close. have a couple of those shirts, but it's not that much. Do people still buy it? Um, right now, it's kind of like uh, off seesaw? season. Yeah. It's like a seesaw. Yeah. Just right now, it's just we're not really um, doing it because it's not the right time. It's nothing about, um, oh, like it fell off or whatever. It's just I realized that to compete, because I want to win, you know, if I'm playing, if I'm w spending time to do anything, I want to win, you know, at a big scale. I don't okay. want it to be, I never want it to be the local brand, like, oh my God, so cool. You know, I want it to grow. I want it to be big. So what was the inspiration? Like, wh what was, where did you want to reach with Wasley? As big as it can be. As big as it can but be. But that's the thing. If you want to compete on that level, you need a lot of money. Because why? Think of it like a musician, okay? If I'm an artist... And um, I want to get big, all right? You need money, okay? Because you need people to be pushing you and marketing, marketing you, the brand. Because okay. you are the okay. brand when you're a musician, right? The thing is, the difference is when you're an artist, you go to a label and they put the backing behind you to make you get big, right? With the marketing and uh, getting you those interviews and doing all those things, right? But that all costs money, a lot of money. Lot the of music money. videos, everything costs money. However, when you're doing something like a clothing brand, that's like a legit business. It's not like you are the, the product, you know? Yeah. And so you need to have the money yourself to publish and post and, you know, market everything. So the difference is that I, d I don't have that money. the money required to be able to compete on that level especially because clothing you have to present yourself in a, a better light you know because you can't just be handing out shirts and people you got to create that magic you know okay. when you're trying to sell something like that because it has to do with someone's self-image you know so you can't just 
you know, not care and about the I don't the think a lot of people yeah. know that, like, shirts, it's not a cheap thing. No. Especially if you want to make something nice. Yeah. Um, You know, it, it changed a lot because when I started, it was actually a lot less than it is now. I think the prices definitely have gone up a little in recent history. And it's just going to keep going up, you know. Um, Do you think you guys were close, though? Like, at one point, did you tell yourself, like, okay, maybe we're really going to pop? Like, I always thought we were going to pop, but if I ever thought we were close to popping, the only time was, you know, how in the last podcast, um, Caleb Selga was talking about um, the story of X, which was we were trying to, you know, work with him at the time. We were trying to, well, basically, I wanted to present to him like because i knew that he was starting a brand called bad vibes forever and i wanted to basically help in designing if if he would let you know and we had connections that were in his circle and so we were we were gonna keep you know trying to get in that thing not even for wasley but just for me to be in that environment and help him out because i you know i'm a big fan of x and um but that was like where that was the route that we were going to try to um, get ourselves to the next level in the sense of just everything, how we execute, how we think, how we design, how we create and money as well. You know, so I, I find that so like it was so crazy that time period. Yeah, because I still remember that time period that we were in. And yeah, I, I remember you. I think it was either you or Caleb that sh- showed me the picture. And you, and you guys were like that right there. That's like one of X's best fucking yep. friend. Yep. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, how did you guys? get to there like how did you get some because i don't think a lot of people understand also is that getting somebody to wear your shit yeah it's not easy yeah Uh, it has to do with momentum all right a big thing with people that are trying to do something creative is something called start stop all right and that basically means like you'll start and then you'll stop obviously just like in the name and 90 percent of people that try to do something on their own fall victim to start stop including myself and the thing is for you to win you have to be consistent and at that time we were being very consistent we were this is the most productive i've been was that era in 2018 and um we were always doing something and that momentum builds up because of the consistency and that's what you tell me all the time right now and those are the formulas that you need to succeed you need that consistency it doesn't matter how good it is doesn't matter if it's the best you could have done you know think about it like this if iPhone had waited until iPhone 11 for them to um, start Stop. releasing, you know, where what even would have been Apple, right? So you have to start from the bottom in the sense of, like, just get things out there, and then you start tweaking based off, based off like, um, what the uh, market says. I, The thing is, like, I, how did you come up with this mindset, though? Because it's hard. Oh, yeah. This this is a lot of transformation, you know. I wasn't. I, it, it didn't start out like this. Like I wasn't always, you know, as um. Crazy? How can I put it? Yeah, I mean, just like I never, I never thought as deeply as I do today, right? When I when I was younger, and this started from heartbreak. All right, this sort of. I um, swear, man. This. Good, man. <laughs> this I gotta get her on the podcast, oh, man. Oh man, I don't. I haven't talked to her in years, bro. But I talked to her brother though. Me and him are cool. He's a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> no, but he's cool. He's cool. I fuck with him. But like, so what made? So what happened for you to say, "Hey, you know what? I gotta start growing Look, myself." This is what happened. My, my this mindset. is this is the thing. When I was younger, um, I was very naive to what the world 
really the is. Yeah. And when I got heartbroken, bro, like that was the first time that I really, you know, st- I grew up it, it, technically like that moment. Like I was a kid. But then as soon as I got heartbroken, like I just something in my brain changed and I had to start dealing with my emotions um, which is something I didn't have to do before. And I had to, um, basically figure all of that out myself. Cause at that time I was alone and I didn't have anyone I could talk to about my problems. And I, you know, I actually had started a diary at the time to be able to vent. And those sort of self reflections is how I started to start waking up and started thinking more about talk life. Yeah, you got to talk in the mic. All right, no problem. But the self-reflection part, it's so big in life that I don't think people understand because it's easy to see yourself, right? Or others tell you something. But once you make those and you look at yourself and go, shit, like I'm not doing my best. Yeah. I'm not growing because that happened with me too. You know, I had to, I used to be a talker. I I hate talkers, by the way, because I, I hate those people that go like, damn, man. There's a, there's phases. Something. This there's phases, right? Everyone's a talker at first. You could be a talker for, nah, man, that would never work. And you're right. You know what I mean? But you could also be a talker of like, yo, we could do this. We can make this happen. We're going to be big one day. And that's also the truth. Why? Because it didn't happen yet. It's a future sure. truth. I, the thing is, some people get stuck <laughs> in that shit yeah. all the time. They get stuck in the, dude, we're going to make this phase. Happen. But then what has to happen, 90% of people will stay in that talking phase. Why? Your brain gets satisfied. It's like going, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get so big. I'm going to start going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm going to be so big, bro. And your brain gets so happy when you start talking. And it's, you know. My thing is like a lot of people think that's, I understand that's a phase. It's a phase. It's a phase that's needed. But how many people get stuck in that face? Look, it has to do with um, your set point, your comfortable level. All right. Everything, everything that we do has to do with our comfort. All right. Most people only change this, including me, uh, if you're forced to. Right. Which means you were put in a, in a position that's below your comfort level. And now your body's going like, OK, this can't stay like this. I must climb back to the to the way it was to or be better. Yeah. And uncomfortability makes you better, too. Of course. My thing is, do you think that we like to stay comf- comfortable because of what society tells us? No, I think it just is natural. It has natural. to do with um, wasting less energy. It has to do with, you know, whatever is the easiest. You know, that's why we get stuck in our routines, in our habits. It's because now our brain doesn't have to waste a lot of energy to try to change. That take That's unnatural to try to change and so become better. So for that better. person right now, that's a talker. Yeah. What would you tell him? The, they have saying. to put themselves in an environment that stimulates the change. Most humans, it has to do with loss. You have to put yourself in a position where if you don't change, there's going to be a loss. It could be even if you're trying to simulate it, you could do, um, you know, oh, I won't have a phone for a week if that's what you're, you know, always wasting time. You on know what's crazy? Yeah. Um, Michael Jordan, he used to do that with himself. You have to. He, Most people. OK, this is the thing. In life, we're always we always have sort of like a coach figure that we have to like um, respond to. Okay, yeah. so like a, a teacher or a principal or a boss, um, they're a figure of authority that sort of sets you uh, the what you have to do, the guidelines of what you have to be, what's expected of you. Okay, however, if you're trying to do that for yourself, that's uh, you have to go through a lot of. Um, uh, 
changing changes right yeah to, to be able to actually hold yourself accountable because we're used to if we don't do it coach is going to be mad but you doing that for yourself it's big no you know it's not normal you know that's why people need other than if they're trying to learn but like personal trainers or whatever they need that person to motivate you them. know you know what's fucking crazy there's a reason why People do shit in school. There's a reason why. Because they give them a day. You have until this day. And you have a something. grade that is attached to a consequence. If you don't get it, there's a consequence. I, and we don't have that for we ourselves. We don't have that after certain points in our lives. Yeah. You have you. And that's why I find so crazy that Michael Jordan, and this is a fact. This yeah. is not a yeah. Before a game, he, he used to put in his mind, wait a minute. He looked at me funny. I got to go drop 50 on him today. Yeah. Because he looked at him, me funny. Yeah. Whenever you start doing that to yourself, but with your own goals and things, that's when life starts yeah. going for you. This is uh, very personal, too, in the sense of everyone's different. You know, what works for me, my routine, my way of getting myself to do things might not work for you. Everyone has to find what is actually going to, you know, poke them into waking up. Because most people go through life and they're just like, uh, you know, zombies, walking zombies. You're not really thinking. You're just, you know, walking, eating. You know, it's just like uh, things that don't require uh, as much energy as if you were trying to force change, you know? This is the thing. Most people go through life not driving the car, their own car. Of course not. They go through yeah. life letting somebody else control their own car and their decisions and how they do it. Yeah. And then later on, they found, find out that, holy shit, I just wasted my whole time. That's what happened with me. Yeah. That's literally what... I got, I got scared of... I sounded scared. Like, scared. Let me say that correctly. 80... I was like, when I'm 80, am I going to regret not doing the things I want? Yeah. That shit terrified me. Right now, I'm at a point where I'm in a phase where results are what are very important to me. Because I realized results are what stay forever. You know, if I make a, a collection and I drop that collection, that's a result. I made something happen and that's going to be there forever. If I, you know push myself and I get the body and I, now I got pictures my grandkids are going to see whatever I, I made a result you know I went out and I traveled I did whatever those are results you know instead of talking about you know making things happen I'm in a phase right now where I want to just get things to happen I'm tired of um because I I was sort of in that talking phase and uh -huh. so I I'm doing less talking and, and more, more doing. of doing but people don't see the doing it's not as uh, stimulating dude that's it's not as stimulating it's it, fun to talk it's about fun. Uh, it's, fun. it's fun to talk about what we want to do yo we're gonna go to Japan bro we're gonna, yeah and so uh, that's the Hello where, Kitty yeah yeah <laughs> gotta go to a robot restaurant bro but um you know most it, people stay in that phase because it's emotionally stimulating you get that uh, dopamine hit and you want to feel that but doing the work oh my god that's anxiety you feel alone you know, it's a lot of different emotions that you go through um, when you're when you're dealing it's with really that. It's really easy to stay in that face, too. Yeah. My thing is, my mom always told me, like, don't tell nobody your plans. Don't ever tell people your plans. Yeah. Stay with your plans in your head and just make them happen. I have a, a you know, half and half relationship with that saying, okay? Because my mom says the same thing. And how I see it is this. I don't, because it has to do with, you know, people are jealous. People, um they they um my bad <laughs> <laughs> no oh, yeah a little interruption people, but yeah. yeah there was a little interruption that just happened in the room but no, like yeah. people don't realize that like 
doing shit in life just but i got my train of thought basically what i was saying is this um people are afraid of uh people being jealous and um trying to take take things that are yours because they they come from a a mindset of scarcity right you're afraid that oh if i put this out people are going to take my idea if i talk about this thing people are going to take it but what you got to realize is um there's room for everyone to win okay obviously that's like cliche but think about it like this um most people like how we were talking about before are just talkers for people that's why i'm never afraid of telling an idea because 99 percent of people are never gonna actually do try to do it okay so you can't be afraid of like giving out the secret sauce or you know your tips and tricks because at the end of the day that one person that actually needed it they will probably change but most people, there, there's no there's no risk of you losing anything. No, there no. is nothing. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk says that I give all my shit out for free because I know you dumbasses ain't going to do yeah. it. And that's the truth. Even you and me, you know, we're not different than anyone. You got to remember that. We're the same as everyone else. This is human nature, what we're talking about in the sense of change and everything. So what we're doing to make ourselves better is unnatural. Our brain is not used to this. That's why it's a... You know, I'm not, it's not necessarily that there's always going to be resistance because resistance has to do with like uh, that pushback of like when you're trying to change, you know, you feel that like, oh, no, I want to stay in bed or I'll just watch Netflix. I'll binge this or whatever. You know, that's that that does happen sometimes, but it doesn't always have to be because resistance has to do with um, you not letting go of something, you know. So but at the end of the day, there is going to be some sort of resistance when you start, when you start especially before you see results 100 percent. this is the thing and this is for everybody fucking listening or watching the video if you start seeing results it's impossible for you not to keep yeah. going it's like when you yeah. go to the gym yeah, yeah. and you feel that little pump and you go oh my yeah. god but i was never a hopeful creative you know and that in that sense where it's like oh it's gonna work out whatever you want to do it's gonna work out i never i never a negative to yourself i'm i always use the more realistic and realistic is in quotations because um what is realistic you really can do anything but you always have to keep in mind what what can you do personally because we all have limits you know i can't run faster than usain bolt you know i would never win that race it's like me when i was a kid i wanted to be a basketball player my mom looked at me you're gonna be five seven son but i I always try to find where can i win where can i win because maybe i wanted to be a rapper but i'm not gonna win in that battle but maybe with clothing, I have some unfair advantages where I can win this battle. And so you always have to find what can you do that you have some sort of unfair advantages. It could be people and, that you know. You and know. this is the thing. Um, the unfair advantage is shit. I love how you told me about it. Yeah. I want you, ex- I want you to explain to the listeners what unfair advantage really means. All right. So. Everyone has an unfair advantage. You know, when you think about it in school, like with cheating, you know, that's an unfair advantage. Someone's using, you know, the teacher's like uh, grading thing to be able to get the the highest scores. But in life, everyone has an unfair advantage. The way you grew up was an unfair advantage, depending on how you see it. It has to do with perspective, because a lot of people, they stay in that victim mindset and they think, oh, I was born in this and that, and that's why I'm never going to be able to make it. And um, and that's bullshit. You have to flip. You have to be able to flip it and use that as to why you'll be able to make it. You know how you were talking about how your voice, you feel like you don't have the best voice for a podcast or whatever. You have to be able to flip that as to why that is 
why you're going to be better. That is your unfair advantage. And it's not like some fake bullshit that I'm talking about. It's like, you know, unfair advantage could be, you know, because I know you and we're doing this podcast right now. When you get bigger, I'm going to get some fruits from being on this show right now. So this is the only reason why you're here, motherfucker? How'd you know? Uh, How'd you know? <laughs> Look, man, this is bigger than us. No, but, <laughs> but basically unfair advantage, you know, everyone has it. All right. You might feel like, okay, obviously some people have bigger unfair advantages that, than others. Like if I was born into a, a rich family, you know, and I got all the inside connections that way, obviously it's going to be easier for you to win. But you have unfair advantages that that kid doesn't have. Right. You could have learned things in your growing up that he never knew. You have he certain, never learned. Never. And you have some nuances that you know that that kid doesn't know. You know how to interact in a way that that kid doesn't know. You might know your friend Billy that you know ends up doing something you and him bigger and that person doesn't know billy you know so you know what's crazy everybody i love how everybody says oh i can't be this because of money i can't be this because of that everybody started somewhere right yeah no matter what everybody started but you always have to be aware will i be able to win this is me personally this is you know some people want to just try it and then it ends up working out but i always thought you know because we're not different than the majority, right? So we have to think more realistically. Everyone's in this, right? So I don't really necessarily follow that. Just follow your heart. Do whatever you're passionate about because you can become passionate about things that you would have never expected. Let me put it like this. You think that a guy that owns a, a waste disposal company grew up like wow bro i'm so passionate about this (laughs) shit water you know that i gotta clean you know but people end up becoming passionate about things as they become more involved in it do you think that's because of the results that he got not necessarily yeah obviously the results play a part because everyone gets happy if they're winning right but um it has to do with just you never know what actually you're gonna like and it can always change just because you like singing and that's what your passion is or whatever doesn't mean that you wouldn't like being an executive for a big company you know people always put a negative light into things that are out you know out of that you know trendy yeah yeah. tech and whatever like there's so many things that you could get involved with that you would have never known is what you like my thing is how for because a lot of people never find that though you got to understand that too a lot of people never my it has to do with how you're interpreting the information it has nothing to do with um what is actually happening everything in life is about how you're perceiving it because it all has to do with your brain okay things that are happening externally are just things that are happening you seeing it as good or bad or exciting is all just how you're interpreting that information. You could be on vacation, five-star resort, the millionaires. You know how they talk about millionaires of the press or whatever? Yeah, yeah. They're living the life that you wish you had. But, but maybe they're not liking their own lives too. But because of how they're interpreting the information that they're, that they're receiving. Um, if they start um, maybe going out more, trying to see the world more, you know, try, it's just, it has to do with how, you know, everything... Because this is the thing. I don't think that happiness is like a thing that you have to try to achieve. It's something that you have to choose to be. Okay. Okay. I, I, at first, I was like, where the fuck is this guy going with this? Because I believe in happiness. But I understand you got to choose to be happy too. Yeah. And I think everything is uh, choosing. Obviously, people are going to disagree with this. But like, if I, you know, start attacking you and I start triggering you, it's your choice 
on how you're going to take that. Well, how I'm gonna how you're going to react to that, okay? This has to do with emotional maturity. Of course, like think about it like this. Shit is going to happen in life that you can't control. You have to expect that shit is going to happen. And so you and how you're going to gonna deal with shit. Exactly. You have to basically become a master on how you deal with those things that are coming at you and knowing how to handle them. You know, if your kid dies, of course, of course, it's a big moment. You know, it's like uh, some people will never be the, the same. same and get better. But at the end of the day, it is how you're interpreting the information. Obviously, this is a big deal, but how much it affects your future and how you perceive life and how you interpret information. Because some people will have that happen to them and they will never be the same and they will always be a victim to that thing that happened. To that idea. Or but that some people will use that as fuel or motivation. to become better. more and better than they were before. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about it always starts with your perception of what is happening. So my thing is like, let's, let's say somebody... When you first started the whole Wasley shit, right? People probably gave you a lot of hate. Oh, yeah. How you reacted to it was what made it different? I actually, this is a thing for me when it comes to that, right? Most creatives are very sensitive to the things that they make. Because it's personal, though. Yeah, they don't like, they don't like the criticism. But for me, since the beginning, I don't know why, honestly, but since the beginning, I always made it a point to take emotions out of the things that I made. Obviously, it's not as easy as it sounds, but I always tried to take that um, that attachment to my creation out. Why? Because it's biased. And I wanted people to have honest opinions of what I made so that eventually I could become better. Because if everyone's telling me like, yo, good shit, bro. You did good. Yo, I fucking love it. Yo, your podcast so dope. You're not getting the truth. No. You know, I, I made it. I made it a point for everybody to point out everything they didn't like about the podcast. Instead of instead of people telling me like, "Oh, dude, it was just fucking great," and dog, like this shit is gonna pop. I, I was like, "No, no. What didn't you like about it, though? I gotta know that because I gotta get better." Not everyone is good for you to receive criticism, though, because some people, of course, uh, actually most people. Um, I take their criticism, of course, but you have to take it like a grain of salt because it has to do with opinion. They don't actually know how to give criticism because they're not doing things. You know, they're not doing things creatively or in their own lives. And so you take them as just that was that person's opinion. However, um, I like to take opinions from people that um, are actually doing something um, like creatively or whatever, like some sort of job that they're doing, I, whatever, you know, cause it, they are doing something. And so they're able to, uh, give you that direction, uh, according to how it's sh- like, how you should actually be hearing it without emotions, like without opinion. The yeah. thing is like, I always say like, whenever you want to do something, ask the people that are doing that first, because yeah. let's say yeah. if I wanted to be a truck driver, yeah, I'm not going to go to a CEO of a <laughs> something company yeah, yeah. and ask hey hey truck driving bro what should i do yeah so that's why whenever i did the, uh, not that i am doing the podcast yeah i was looking towards my friends because i felt like they're gonna give me the honest opinions of what i should do to get better yeah and i think that matters and i think most people don't ask those questions yeah i always take the perspective of no filter you know, I always take the perspective of I, I want to hear the truth. But most people Even don't. if it's 
Most people yeah, don't. Because That's they're the attached to an outcome or an expectation. Can, it's like this. Can you imagine a girl coming up to you and going, oh my God, how you think I look? And you go, shit, you look fuddly. Like, <laughs> you don't look good right now. Yeah. Look, bro, you're going to get slapped. Look, okay. Sometimes you actually have to read the room, okay? Yeah. Because some people don't like hearing the truth. And no. so when they ask their your opinion, I have to tell them a white lie, right? Because I know that they're not ready to know the truth yet because they, they're going to get triggered. They're attached to that expectation. One thing I love the most about you is that you were, you're always able to take the opinions. Of, like, I saw people before going up to your face going, oh, my God, you're too weird. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And just walk yeah, away. Like, yeah. that, that, that's special. Yeah. That's somebody that's like, literally, she said, Martins, I don't like you. And you were like, okay, fuck you too. And walked <laughs> away. And you yeah. didn't care. I think That's why I think you could do it. Yeah. Most people out there can't. I, 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 I wasn't always like this, but I grew to have thick skin, you know, through realizing that the truth is uh, letting people express what they actually feel. If it's hey or whatever, like that's how you're going to be able to take the information that you need to be able to do what you got to do. If people are always telling you good shit and it's all bullshit, you're, you're not going to be know. able to grow. It's like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a, it's like girls do it to their ugly friends. Yeah, oh my god, you no. look beautiful. All you gotta like, do no, is look bro. at the Instagram comments of girls, bro. Yeah, it's all. Oh, oh my god, Becky! <laughs> like Becky, yo, wanna you wanna start a fight, bro? Go to a girl's page, right, that has four friends, and type, "Oh my god, all three of you guys look so good." And there's four people in the picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how you start yeah. a fight, right there. But I hate that. Yeah. Like if but th- it's just you gotta you know this is something I used to be you know fuck it all I gotta fuck everything but uh, but you know I used to be that way but you know anything through, that moves through, I could do it <laughs> through criticism I was able to realize that you know it actually is good to filter sometimes and not filtering who you are or anything like that but just being able to know okay maybe now is not the time to tell <laughs> Becky that she's ugly as fuck you yeah. know what I mean so. You have to be able to read the room sometimes because some people are just, it's not the time or place to be able to. That's what I learned. Yeah, no, you, you know, time and place. Especially time you, and place. Yeah, time and place. Look, yeah. I just, I hate it, dude. I, every time, like, I, think I, was, I think I was talking to my girlfriend one time and, she, and I was like, my friend's asking, is your friend cute? And she was like, yeah, yeah, she's cute. I'm like, is she cute though? Like, <laughs> let me know the truth because yeah. I'm about to yeah. tell my boy yeah, exactly. that she's cute. Exactly. But, you know, this is just Bro, how it is in life. I love that shit, though, man. Yeah. I, I really, I get a laugh out of it. Because yeah. I see it happen all the time yeah. with people. Oh, no, no, my boy here? Oh, my God. Yeah. These? Oh, <laughs> you don't even know about yeah. my boy. Yeah. And, dude, like, I think it's so special when you're somebody that could take the criticism, too. Yeah, you just can't get phased. And this, is, um, this isn't easy. This isn't something that happens like, okay, I heard this podcast, and now I'm going to work on not getting phased, you know? Um, maybe a little trigger to start doing, like to start growing happen now, but this takes a long time. I always told people this, this right here though. I know how you were saying that, like, you don't want to, not everything has to be passionate. You were saying yeah, yeah. this right here is something that you have to be passionate about. And I want to tell you why on self, on um, self-improvement. It is, it has to be a passion, no, a, per, a personal passion. I think yeah. podcasting is a passionate thing because I'm not going to make money. Yeah, but that's all, all. I, all I was saying about uh, a passion and that t- and just that to go sense. back to that is that you don't know what you're passionate about. You might have thought that you want like for me, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. OK, 
yeah, yeah. I thought I wanted to be a doctor because I was Can in you that. Imagine Martin as yeah. a no, exactly, exactly. You're, I, you, you got stage four. <laughs> you got yeah. two weeks, buddy. You got two weeks. Yeah, no, I would have been that doctor. I'll tell you straight up. I'm sorry. You're gonna meet Jesus Christ soon. <laughs> no, but, no, but um, uh, okay, listen. Can you imagine though, real quick? <laughs> you got a patient, and you look at him and go, "Yeah, buddy, I don't know." <laughs> Do you have any plans this year? Yo, if I was you, I would take that vacation. No, but <laughs> no, but listen, you know, but that's the thing. Because I ripped that band-aid, now he knows the truth. He's not hopeful that he's going to make it. Now yo, he knows yo, he's not going to have time. I'm not going to lie. Because I had surgery, right? Yeah. You remember, yeah. I had a back surgery. And, I, and the doctor came in, and I was like, I saw it on his face, right? I was like, this shit is not good. <laughs> and, bro, I wanted to ask him, tell me the truth. <laughs> Biggest mistake I did. He looked at me and was like, do you like sports? <laughs> no. And I was like, uh, yeah, I love sports. He was like, I don't think you're ever going pro, though. I uh, do. No, but look. Take off the band-aid. Look, there is a beauty in knowing the truth. You know why? It makes you cherish life a, a little bit more. I, I, I think that's a good lesson to take from this, you know, playing around, obviously. But um, there's a lesson there, right? You know, people, if they know that their time is limited, because we think. Would you like to we, know? Of course. Okay. Immediately. Same but um, people think that, I know this is just natural. We think that we're never going to die, essentially, especially when we're young. We think we're not going to die yet. And I think putting that a little bit of pressure of um, we don't have all the time in the world. You know, time moves fast. Just look at how much change has happened uh, even a year ago in your life. Um, I think a, a good thing is to add that little bit of pressure of we're not going to be here forever. So we got to do we got to do things that are actually important for us. Because that's why bringing it back to that results, I think that results are what's lasting because results is what is going to impact future generations. Because, you know, what we're doing right now is going to be seen by my great, great, great grandkids. And Maybe the, not, bro. I think I don't look, think you're going to remember that long because, you know, they had the stone little hieroglyph hieroglyphics on the pyramids or whatever. This is ours. Great, great, great. <laughs> hey, listen, this is our little token of like information that we we're going to keep is our time down. machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're going to be like, oh, I want to I wonder how my great, 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 great grandpa Martins was five minutes into the video. This is why we're dumb, huh? Yeah. This is why we're dead broke and in the fucking caves. And great, 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 great grandpa yeah. really thought he was a designer. Post-apocalyptic great, great, great grandsons are going to look back at these files and take a lot of information and wisdom from this. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna revolutionize their, their little village. But like you said that like, one thing that got me was because you said that it was you yeah. that wanted to start. You know it was Caleb that made me start a podcast? Yeah, you told. I heard the podcast. You talked about it. He was the one. Thank you for listening, by the way. Of course. But this is the thing. Like sometimes you need that little push. Like my my sister was playing on the Oculus, right? You know those headsets. Yes. And bro, and she was playing. I, I told her husband, push her and tell her it's part of the game. Oh. You know, sometimes you need that little push. Yeah. To start something though. Yeah. Don't push your girlfriend, and you're gonna start <laughs> problems in your marriage. Oh, yeah. But um, that's what I was talking about. You know, people. Most people, 90%, won't change out of willpower. They need something to happen to set them below their comfortability for them to be able to change. It has to do with some sort of loss. It has to do with something that ha it's an outside trigger. Now, what you're talking about with that little push, um, it has to do with you trying to cause situations that trigger yourself. 
I think deadlines are uh, a, a good way to sort of introduce yourself into triggering yourself. Did you ever watch TED Talks before? I watched a couple, yeah. Okay, there's one about that. Do you know that? No. There's one about this guy that he that he studied people, and yeah. most people need that. You need deadlines yeah. in life. Yeah. But the thing is, after college, most people have no more deadlines. But that's why I'm saying people are used to having the coach figure, that boss figure, that teacher figure that sets those deadlines and those things to push you in the direction that they want. For you to do it for yourself, you need to create those systems that they used. You know, you need to create them. But again, it always starts in your mind. Okay, most people aren't ready to change. You need to be ready it, to change. It's like when you're a drug, uh, druggie. You, of course. The first person that yeah, needs, it's, it's you. identical. Everything is just like that. You know, Everything we have shows to be, like drugs. Of course. Uh, you know, we have to be ready. It's like a recovering drug addict. You have to be ready to change. You have to be. You know, I could tell you right now, yo, you got to start reading books. You got to start reading books. If Or you got to start waking up early. You got to start waking up at 5 a.m. You got to start working out every day. If you're not ready to receive that information where it's like your brain understands like there is a, a purpose on why you're doing it, um, you're not going to change because there is no reason for you to change. There's nothing that's going to be bad in your life that's going to make you, you know, nobody's going to be on your ass and be like, yo, why aren't you changing, bro? Why aren't you changing? I love how you, you my ass just now. Mm. Just, you know, this man doesn't just <laughs> tell you. He shows it to yeah, you. Yeah, bro. No, but there's, I always say there's a beauty in doing things, you know, for yourself, setting up the deadlines, setting up goals in general, you know, like yeah. I want to hit my, but this is the thing. Okay. I think that, um, a lot of times we even, there's always, um, everything in life isn't black and white. There's so many things that it goes so deep, you know, and especially this, right. This sort of higher purpose, you know, changing, whatever. You also have to remember that sometimes it's just not the time for you to change. It really isn't. And so it's important to live in the moment as well and be present to this is the phase that you're in right now. Of course, maybe you're not at the point that you want to be, but it's not always good to be living in the future. Okay. Living in that. I'm not going to be happy until I have a million dollars in my bank account. You know, you have to be able to sort of juggle these nuances because it's not as like, no, human beings like life is not as simple as oh yeah if you do this 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 you're gonna get this outcome there's so many layers there's, life is a roller yeah there's so many yeah. layers so when we're talking about this thing you know about purpose and changing you always have to remember that maybe it's just not the time things haven't happened in your life that are made primed you to be able to receive that change you know the perfect example of this that will make it relatable is if you're dating and the girl is toxic, but you in the relationship don't know that the girl is toxic and you love that girl. Okay. Okay. Seems very personal. Story. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a, okay. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but you don't know that the girl is toxic, but your friends might be like, yo, that girl. This bitch crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. That girl, bro. She's, she's not good. Like you gotta, you gotta leave. You gotta break up with her. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? And you get defensive. You get whatever. You're not ready to receive that information. Now, Let's say you caught her doing some fuck shit and then now your homeboy tells you, yo, that girl isn't good or whatever. Now you're ready to receive that information. Your brain was primed to you change. Know, like yeah. I had a friend that went through that situation, right? 
we all told him his girl was toxic, this and that. And there was one time, this is not a funny story, but it became super fucking funny. Yeah. We were driving, and she was driving this motherfucker crazy. And, like, I tell this to everybody in the world. Every man has a fucking limit. Yeah. If you Boundaries. The, yeah. Boundaries. If you cross a man's limit, he's willing to do some crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was in the car, bro, and we were just driving, and she yapping, bro. I'm in the backseat, and I'm like, oh, my God, always <laughs> doing this shit. But this time, she's, you know that little center box? Yeah, she yeah. She hit it, and she broke it. No. Dude. This man was like, I'm fucking tired of this shit. <laughs> And dude, I'm in the back, and I'm like, okay, this shit got serious. Yeah. It got serious. And he went, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to crash the car. And I was in the back, bro. <laughs> and I was like, no, you. No, bro. <laughs> Drop me off. Stop. Yeah, stop. yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I'm about to die. Hey, dude, it hit his body. He was like, I'm done. I can't take it no more, man. I'm done. You, you. And she and she was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. she crossed Completely, that boundary. Yeah. And he was, and he started swerving. And I was like, dude, dude. I'm here. I didn't do this to you, bro. You gotta remember, I'm your homeboy. I love. I was like, you could die, but just drop me off here in <laughs> the side. Like, but you're like, I'm, okay, um, buddy, can you uh, stop the car real quick? <laughs> but like, people don't realize. First and foremost, before anything, everybody that's toxic, shoot them, kill them, kill them all out of your life, okay? Or like, kill yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> attack, attack. <laughs> hey, bro, we gotta we gotta make some t-shirts. Bro. Everybody has K I L L like oh, Hey, people. only the Beehive gang knows what that means, yeah. right? But no dude, the thing with toxic toxic and it's not that just people don't realize that toxic people the way you're talking the minute you cut them off, it's like a weight gets off your shoulder. Yeah. But the what I was I, what I was trying to uh bring the point to is that your friend wasn't ready to hear that his girl was bad for him. Nah. Because he was... I was. But as of course, my okay, life, yeah. Man. But until that moment, that moment made him ready to be able to change and possibly break up or do whatever he had to do. But before that point, he would have never even perceived what you were saying. He would have never understood what you were trying to get at. So that's what I mean by, you know, not everyone is ready to change. Sometimes you just have to live in the moment and... Take life as it is. Do you think, like, these people, because these last seven months of life in general have been the craziest months, right? Do you think, because I heard this from, like, This show, th this, this past few months shows what, it just magnified what was happening. It took a lot of the bullshit out. And I'll explain it. Obviously, take... Explain it. All right, yeah. But, <laughs> but basically, think about it like this, you know? Let's say you want to start a project, and you didn't. In these seven months where we were forced to stay home or whatever, why didn't you? Kill yourself. It was magnified that really the problem wasn't that you were too busy or whatever. It's the time management. That you were time. lazy. Yeah. And that's okay. But are they ready to change? Think no. You got to remember. Are they ready? Because when they are ready to change, you see it in their actions. For me, big one for me. I hated waking up early. Hated. Hated, hated, hated. What time did you used to wake up? Just so I know in context. 11. You woke up at 11? 11. Every day? Yep. Oh. Yep. I don't remember the last time but, I woke up at 11. But, but, I didn't go to sleep early. It's not like I slept all those hours. I'd go to sleep late as fuck, like 4 a.m. You know, there's a cool tagline from Wiz Khalifa that he says he thought I know. that waking I know. up late was some cool shit, but the real boss shit is waking up yep. early. I, I have that quote in my phone. You have that I quote? I love Wiz Khalifa. Uh... <laughs> But, but like, yeah. 
as you were saying though, those changes, like especially right now, these last seven months you could have changed your whole life. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it just magnified that you were bullshitting to yourself on the excuses, okay? And that's a big thing. We always tell ourselves excuses. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I'm going to be too busy. I got too much homework. I got too much this. Of course, within reason, sometimes you do got a lot of shit going on. But you got to realize that in life, there's always going to be something in the way. There's always going to be something that stops you from doing what you got to do. But you still got to do it. Like before, last night, when yeah. you told me, we were talking about the time to do the podcast, right? Yeah. I was tired, dude. I, yeah. I was fucking tired. And I woke up today at like 8. And I was like, I might just call this shit off for yeah, today, yeah. put it on to next week. Yeah. But I was like, why? Like, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know, this is a big philosophy of mine, and it's to take the emotion out of it, just like I was talking about with uh -huh. the shirts. But this is a big one that I actively do, which is for fitness, like working out. I go to the gym six days a week, okay, give and take. Sometimes you just can't go. But um, I go, why can I go? And I want to go. It's not like I'm forcing myself. Like, oh, I hate going. I want to go to the gym, even if I'm not feeling it. It's because I took the emotions out of it. Like it's not, you know, most people, they go, oh, I feel like working out today. And so they go and they have a good ass workout. But if you take emotions out of it, like, okay, I have to go to the gym because it's on the schedule. Like I made that commitment and you go and you hold yourself accountable. It just builds credibility to yourself and it builds that momentum for you to keep doing things even when time isn't perfect, even when things aren't happening the way it should be, you still get it done. You still do what you got to do. So taking emotions out of it, like, oh, today I don't really feel like it, or today I really feel like it. Because then if you're relying on emotions, you're not going to be consistent. And I always have to bring it back to that consistency thing because consistency really is the secret sauce. If you want to win in whatever you're doing, it really has to do with consistency. So no, no. And that's what you told me. Yeah, that's exactly what you told yeah. me. You were like, dude, you want to make this shit work? Post every week. Just post. Yeah. Throughout the week. Post. And I and it goes to the thing like um, I was reading statistics about like whenever somebody tries to buy your house or something like that. First, it's 95 percent of the time. They're not going to say yes on your first call. Yeah. On the second call, they're not. The third one, they're not. It's like around the seventh time. That people say, okay, I'll give it this. It's the same try. thing for online sales. Yeah. It takes an um, average of seven times for someone to go on your website and look at the website before they make a purchase. Except, I don't think people realize that. Nobody realized that shit right there. Seven times. I told myself, I need seven fucking episodes before that one person goes, all right, I'm yeah. going to click on this. Um, I think it has to do with you don't really realize that it's not a, you know, people think that it's the quality that will make it, make people want to see it or whatever, right? So you think like, oh, I'm going to spend six months perfecting this one really good podcast and that's going to set it off where people are going to be listening to it. But really how human nature works is that right now, because of our phones with Instagram and everything, we're highly stimulated. You need to be frequent with how much you're doing things. Obviously, try to perfect, you know, frequency and quality. But the thing is, it's not all about quality. It has to be frequent. You have to be always sort of flashing something in people's face for them to start, you know, growing in their, you know, how, how much they like it and everything else. No, yeah, and I, that's the thing. And same thing that happened with Wosley. Everybody started seeing it. Yep. And that's when shit started picking yep. up. 
you see, dude, people think they're going to do something one time. Let's just say you just did the first pre-test, right? Yeah. And that's it. And you were like, oh, my God, I stopped. Yeah. Why, why, why did people stop buying? Because you got to make another one. And you got to keep going. And once you start and you keep doing because the thing is taking out emotion because you have to be consistent. And for you to be consistent, you have to take out emotion. You can't be um, using emotion like I'm really excited for this because not every day is going to be exciting. No, not. You know, most of the days is not going to be exciting. So for you to be able to get shit done, you have to take out that emotion aspect. This is the thing I would say for every two hours of a podcast video, it's around eight more hours of work. Yeah. And people are not seeing that work. But if you're trying to change, you're trying to do stuff for yourself, you got to put in that work. And the only way you're going to be able to do that consistently, six months, one year, two years, three, three years, years, four years. Yeah, forever. Come on, let's just sound like that one <laughs> guy. Five, bro, six bro, years. I actually followed that man. I forgot his name. Oh, I my God. But no, like, that shit is real. Yeah. Like, push it out there, become good at it, and people are going to fuck with it. Yeah. Because I always think about it. How how many times did I see some shit that didn't click at it first? That didn't want it. That's my thing. I I'm the kind of person where if I see something I fuck with, I'm gonna not at first. Nothing yeah. that you try one time, you're gonna be like, oh my. Yeah, it's just you know for a stranger to be able to come in and listen to your podcast, like I was saying, they need to be shown it more than once. You know, and it has to be little snippets of like because it you know people when they're starting out. Um, if they're finding something new, you have a low level of um, how much you're willing to give to that thing, right? So when it comes to your podcast, right? Someone completely stranger, never heard of us, never heard of anything like this. For them to become invested where they could sit through two hours, they have to watch a couple snippets, like a couple one-minute videos. Um, and then after they start liking that one-minute video, they're like, okay. They're kind of cool. And then they see, oh, there's a 10-minute one. And then they go to the 10-minute one. Now they're more invested and more invested. And then now at the end, after time passes, they're able to sit through a two-hour because now they are they know who you are. They got a taste. They want more of what you offer. Yeah. And this is the thing. The difference between the first time you do something and the second time consistently, yeah. not saying like seven months apart, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so big. Yeah. Like I, I noticed from the, the numbers that I received from the podcast, like the... The f- difference between the first and the second, yeah, it's big because they're like, okay, the people that listen the first time are like, I'm definitely watching the second time, and more people and are more coming. People yep. are gonna go, going into Wasley though, yeah, because you you you're in hiatus. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, a good fucking work choice for me right there. You know, because you know, <laughs> you know, you know how Caleb is. You gotta plug me. in. Yeah, you gotta yeah. plug in one big word one, per podcast. You know, my IQ. You know, my yeah. IQ's just getting. <laughs> What's going to happen with it? Because you guys right. did this is what isolation. Happened. All right. Right now, again, how I was talking about money, I realized that in order to compete to win, because I'm not going to compete just to be like, oh, like a little thing that he's doing, a little hobby. Like, I want to compete to win. So in order to compete to win, I need money, right? So right now, my focus- So you starting OnlyFans to make money, man? Is that the goal? I wasn't going to plug that until the end, but um, I need some- uh, some guests. <laughs> I was wondering if you could come oh, to my OnlyFans. Of course, I'll shave my ass and everything. I'm in. <laughs> I don't shave mine, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But basically, bro, you know, I realize again, money is needed for me to win with what I'm doing, and um, I was actually able to realize that a good way for Wasley to make money and 
you know, actually make it happen. And we're in an environment that's stimulating, that's able to cause things to happen again is I was thinking about in the future, not too far in the future, but to be able to open like a print shop. Okay. 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 And that print shop would um, basically serve random people like businesses, schools, whatever. And we'd print stuff for them. But on the other, that would be a way for Damn, us to make money. That's a good fucking right? idea. Yeah. That would be a good way. But the thing is, how much does that cost? There's a, a high initial investment. Oh. That's the thing. But after that initial investment, it's kind of like opening a gym. You know, you got to buy the equipment, you got to buy the whatever. And you got to pay the, the lease for the, the space. But after you um, uh, get that down, then it's only that recurring payment of the lease pretty much and the employees and whatever. So, Wasley will be coming back, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, it's just, again, it wasn't the time to continue because we needed to sort of go back and uh, yeah, and sort of reevaluate what is needed for us to win. We had certain unfair advantages and then they were gone. So we had to go back and think, okay, how can we win with what we have now? And I realized that if we save up money, we would be able to open a print shop up. You feel me? It's not too much. I don't think it, I, I think. It'd be around twenty to thirty thousand to open up. For, I can make that happen. Uh, yeah, for to open it up. Okay. But um, obviously, you know, it's gonna take time to save. But um, eventually we'd have that, and then with the money of the print shop, that it'd make itself. You know, printing th- stuff for other people, we would use that money and have the the print shop as a personal factory, and we would make everything in house. And we would basically have a little lab for us to be inventing and making different things, different designs, and always coming up with stuff, something new. And it would be self-sustaining. And so um, it would just allow us to be able to always push product out. Versus if I were to start, like if I, you know, it's easy to make a shirt. Like if I were to make a shirt right now and release it, I could do that. I just can't promise you that three months from now, I'm going to have another shirt design. Does that make sense? Like yeah, it, it would be sense. inconsistent. And so I don't want that inconsistency the next time we come around like completely. And so I think having that print shop, not only will it save costs, you know, at the end of the day, but it would just provide an environment to be able to um, always be working on the stuff we got to do. Dude. And if everybody wants a lesson on how to be an entrepreneur, listen to these last five minutes. Because that's true. You got to solve your problem. Yeah. Somehow you had to come up with ideas to yeah, solve that's, the problem. Yeah, that's why I was talking about the hope, hopeful creative. It's like they they could be good at singing or they could be making designs or whatever, but they're not coming up with the strategy to actually make it happen. You know, like people are just thinking that something external is going to happen to them. Like they're going to be get, getting a handout essentially. Like some famous guy is going to get the shirt and they're going to get so big because, you know, whatever wore it. And that's not how life works, you know. It has to be how we were saying with the podcast. It has to be consistent and frequent. Mm-hmm. One shirt that a famous person wears isn't going to change your life. It's not. But if you're consistently getting celebrities that now want to wear it because you're always making cool shit, you're going to go somewhere, you know. So you have to take that mentality of like, oh, I'm going to get that handout moment. Like someone's going to discover me. You have to take that out of your mind. That doesn't happen. You have to put it on yourself and figure out what are your unfair advantages and what can you do to make it happen. You have to be able to come up with that formula to be able to make it happen and then work at it, you know? 
And that's what I that's what I love about you. I really do. You know, as much as like we know each other for like four years now, I love that I love that you're able to because dude, not a lot of people think like that. A lot of people go, shit, I don't have the money, I'ma end it here. I'm not gonna keep going. And at times while Wesley was in hiatus, I was like, Oh damn, dude, they they just stopped. Yeah. And it's like I, I love to understand what happened, you know, because now I could see that your thing is this is a forever this is something I wanna do. Yeah. That's a big this that's is, a big point. That this is something I really wanna do. Yeah. So I'm gonna work at it so I can actually yeah. do this. You know, it, I I didn't even it didn't even click in my head until now that it really is because I always think about it long term. You know, that's the thing. I never think about retirement. You know, most people think, oh, I want to make something big and then I'm gonna retire at 30. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought about that because this is how I think about it. I'm spending all this time learning and spending time studying human nature and learning all these secrets of, of life and just how things work and whatever, all this knowledge for me to just keep it to myself and, you know, stop working at 30, 40, whenever I'm a fucking millionaire. You know what I mean? I want to keep I want work to be part of my life. I don't want to separate life work life balance. I want it to be integrated. My life is integrated into my work. I don't want that division. I want it to be when I'm 89 years old, still involved in business, influencing and giving out that knowledge. I, I, you know, I'm learning all this shit, for, not for no reason. You know what I mean? It's only going to be for no reason when I'm dead. You know, I want to be able to use it, you know? No, and you are using it because I don't think, you see, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs. A lot of people want to be, yeah. they, but they can't think like it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Think, you think like that. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You know, obviously today, entrepreneur is it, it like a, a trendy, you know, clickbait word. But it's tough. It's not. That's why I, I had to take that pause with Wazley because, you know, you don't win every time. It's not like what you hear with the motivational videos you watch on, on YouTube. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. You have to make things happen to set you up to win. You know, you can't You just expect Oh, because I'm consistent, because I'm doing this, like I'm going to be able to win. It's not how the game works. You got to be able to find a strategy to be able to make shit happen. You know, those like those motivational videos should just go like you're going to fail a thousand times and then you're going to win one time. And but people don't aren't ready to receive what I'm saying right now. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like they watch the motivational because it gives them that dopamine hit. It's like, ah, I'm doing something with my life. But the truth always is where there is like uh, that you take out that emotion, emotional attachment to an outcome or uh, a certain thing that you're expecting to happen, you know. So when it comes to, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur or whatever, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, you know, I've barely, you know, I only got a drop in the bucket of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Like it's going to become you did more than most. though. I, yeah, I agree with that. But think about the highest, you know, levels. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I always thought, you know, when I when I, I always thought I was going to win young, okay? But you, you are. This is the thing. It's how you of see course, winning. Of course, of course. But I thought I was going to be big scale younger. But younger I, than now? Yeah. You're 21. Okay, yeah, 22, 22. 22. But I thought I was going to be, you know, a young legend, you know, 19 years old, you know, getting guap. <laughs> I think that's real unrealistic. But though. I know why now. 
most people because i i look up to you know i honestly the people i look up to the most are are rappers like i look up the most xxx tentacion tyler the creator and wiz khalifa and they all won pretty young and that's okay? the thing i don't think people know about those people they worked fucking hard of course of course but they were they won young and so i thought you know i think like them like these winners even old people that i watch that are winners i i think like them i process issues like them so i'm probably gonna win young and i had that expectation you know but i realized something those people x you know tyler they all had an older influence and i never had an older influence to sort of uh make up guide guide the direction of where you need to be thinking and grow so I didn't ha- yeah i didn't have to grow up early Do you have one now no no you still don't my on my influences are all online everything i i you know taught myself like of how to process issues and everything is through youtube university everything Best university in the world those by are the way. that's where my mentors are i don't have a, a physical mentor you know you know what's the thing a lot of people don't realize there was only three people that became billionaires before like 30 that's it only three the middle easterns no 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 <laughs> bill gates mark zuckerberg and i think kylie jenner that's it yeah everybody else but they have unfair advantages you know, what a, did kylie jenner have she had a family yeah no what i'm saying is like these big winners that we saw they mm. become big winners like after 40 yeah yeah so like i i just think i'm don't like hurt yourself on that no, yeah yeah but just to wrap it up you know the truth is that this is a game that i'm playing for life and that was a good way to put it i'm not playing you know obviously cliche like i'm not thinking about the short term but it's it's something that i i it's a lifestyle you know that's why what i mean when i say it's like integrated to my habits and everything like there is no separation between work and life. It's okay. all together. And just so we could wrap up the podcast. Yeah. Three months. Like, what's your short term, Martins, and long term for Wosley and you? Short term. Because I, I recently graduated, right, in May. But um, Congratulations. Sh- thank you, bro. But um, short term, my goal is to really keep self-improving, but... Ultimately, I'm going to have to get a job, right? But that job is going to be aligned with um, my future anyways okay. and um, be able to get money and gather skills and be able to just keep learning things so that I can set myself up to be able to win when the time is right. Okay. Right. So in three months from now, um, I'll probably be looking for a job that is going to be full time and I'll be able to be saving money and learning skills that are going to help me long term. Okay. And then long term? Long term, I'll probably have a Wasley print shop like factory thing, separate, you know, entities, but that would be used like to make Wasley products and everything like that. And then um I'll probably be involved cuz this job that I was talking about um it has to do with um construction. Um I'll probably be heavily involved also um in construction. Well, okay, obviously now that I brought that up random, but construction is because my dad works in construction. And so that was where I saw an unfair advantage that I could use to leverage and to be able to uh, make money. No, um, most definitely. In the future, yeah. So I'll be doing uh, a lot of construction work. And then um, on the side, I would be doing the Wazley thing. Yeah, Dude, thank you so much for coming, bro. I really fucking love you. And to all the listeners right now, tell your friends. 
Tell your side chick. Tell your OnlyFans subscribers. Tell everybody about this. This is the fucking beehive, and thank you for coming.